Hey, this is Kyle Papineau. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church in Orange County, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you and it helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, you can grab your seat for just a second. Thank you so much. Would you say thank you to the worship team for leading us? Awesome. Very cool. Hey, we want to release the kids to go to Kids Church, so if, if you want to go with Miss Tori, she's in the back right now. She's going to take the kids over there, um, uh, and Miss Susan is going as well. Awesome. Very cool. Man, we are so grateful for every single one of you. Uh, Simba, thank you. Uh, one of the things that we get to do together is, is worship corporately like this. We get to sing songs and we get to raise our hands, and, and, and that's a really cool thing that we, we love doing. But another way that we worship every single week is by uh, our, our tithes and our offering. We, we give to the Lord. Um, just biblically speaking, we believe in the tithe. We believe in giving 10% of what God gives us back to him so that his ministry can be funded, so that we can see people come to know him, we can see lives changed, we can see... Uh, uh, the church and the kingdom expanded. And so I'd love it if the ushers would come forward right now. We're going to go ahead and take up an offering, and then we are going to dive into the word. And believe me, some of you need to hear this word. I, I know because I needed to hear it. The Lord spoke it to me. So, Father, I pray your blessing over this giving. Father, I pray that you'd bless the gift and the giver, that you would expand this offering to go further than we ever thought it could. We, we give you all the honor and all the praise. And everyone said together, Amen. Amen. Hey, awesome. Real quick, if you, don't, uh, if you don't know me and I don't know you, my name is Kyle Papano. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church, and I want to welcome you to our weekend worship experience. We are so glad that you are here. Uh, if you are new for the first time, would you do me a favor? Would you fill out the little connection card on one of the seats next to you? We just want to get some information, and I'd love to send you a text this week uh, just to get to know you a little bit better. But uh, I'm really excited about this. Would you guys do me a favor? I, I know we've been standing a lot. Would you stand with me? We're going to read the scripture this morning. And uh, we're going to be out of uh, 1 Corinthians. So if you need to know where that's at in your Bible, um, it's about here in mine. No, that was a joke. That was supposed to be funny. Uh, you can open up your Bibles. It's in the back side of your Bible. But we're going to be reading... Uh, chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians. And yes, I said the whole chapter. We are going to be reading the entirety of chapter 2. I know that's a lot, but I think we're going to get a lot from this. All right? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you're there, say, what, what? If you need another second, say, hold up. All right, I'll give you just another second. Um, sometimes there are just pieces of Scripture that need context. I mean, it's really good to be able to quote John 3.16, but if you read the rest of the chapter of John 3, you get much more of the gravity of what John was trying to say. And so in this letter, Paul is saying something, and I've got a couple of verses that I want to highlight with you, but I felt like it was needed to read this entire thing. So it says this, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, remember, this is Paul, he's writing to a church that he has previously started. He said, I didn't use lofty words or impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so that you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. 
Yet when I am among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who will soon be forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, his plan previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. That is what the scriptures mean when they say no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so that we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Verse 13, when we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's word to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are, as spiritual, who are spiritual, pardon me, can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Now, really quick before you sit down, um, Paul throughout his letter uses a bunch of different um, devices, and I'll get into that in just a second, and one of the things that he uses is just uh, double meanings on words, and so my message this morning is called, no, 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 there it is, all right, Father, I pray that you would speak to us, use your word, and uh, let us hear your voice, we love you, we praise you, amen, amen, hey, give your neighbor a fist bump as you grab your seat, we are pumped to be here with those who are watching online. Man, we are so grateful. Will you guys help me welcome those who are watching online with us? So grateful for you guys. I know that, uh, I know that there are people who are watching uh, from all over the place. We, I know we have Texas. I know we have Arkansas. I know we have California. Uh, there's just, there's a ton of people watching uh, from all over, and we're so grateful that you chose to join us this morning. Um, do you guys ever just read a portion of scripture? Well, first of all, do you guys read scripture? Let's, let's start off on the easy stuff. Um, I, I bought my big thumper today. Um, I, I needed something a little heavier. Uh, but I, sometimes I read scripture and I just get caught up in reading the scripture. Uh, it's not like it's this super divine moment that like all of a sudden God is uh, speaking a million things to me. Sometimes I'm just reading this to read it and soak it up. And that's, that's what this, this scripture is about. This, this entire chapter was captivating to me. And I'll tell you why. Because it was telling about secrets that we know. I mean, come on. Secrets that we know. So there are things that some people don't know that we do know. And so I was reading, and, and sometimes I love to read the whole chapter, and I was really wrestling, man, how do we, how do we break this down for everybody so it's much easier to chew on and, and, and consume on Sunday morning? And I thought, no, just let the, let's let the scripture speak. Read an entire chapter. 
Because what Paul is saying here is there are things that you're going to learn if you will listen to the Spirit's voice. Okay? So uh, I've been kind of open about this. Most years, I like to pick one thing to study for the year. And this year, 2021, is uh, wisdom for me. So I've been reading books. Uh, I've been studying in Scripture. I've been watching YouTube videos on, on wisdom. What is wisdom? How do I gain more wisdom? And then I love to go and sit with mentors and with friends and actually listen to what they have to say. What is wisdom? Well, I think part of wisdom is studying. I think part of wisdom is listening. And I, and I think part of wisdom is obeying. It's, it's got to have all three components. You've got to be able to have a conversation. You've got to be able to listen. And then you've got to be able to obey that. And sometimes that's really easy, right? Uh, I think wisdom says make sure you eat three meals a day so you don't get sick. I'm good with that. I like that wisdom. I really like that wisdom. Then there are other things that, that you know, maybe a mentor or trusted friend will say to me, and it's like, oh. <gasps> That hurts a little bit. That, that actually stings just a, just a little bit. And, and um, I hope that we all have the heart to hear what Paul is saying. Because Paul spent time writing things down years and years and years ago so that we could gain wisdom from him. And he gained it from the Holy Spirit. And he says, in fact, I came to you not speaking out of my own vocabulary. I came speaking to you only what the Spirit spoke to me. In case you didn't know, he was highly trained. He was highly uh, uh, educated, which meant he would have a vocabulary that would probably impress all of us. It was wild. He, and then he chose to, say, to take that and say, you know what? Instead of speaking in my normal vocabulary, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it down a little bit, and only what the Spirit speaks to me, that's what I'm going to speak to you. I, I want to hear what the Spirit has to say. And so sometimes reading Scripture is my mentor. And I hope that's the case for you guys. Um, I, I know that while, while I've been studying, um, I, I get excited about learning new things. I get excited about learning uh, about, shoot, uh, just pick a, pick a thing, financial. Uh, I have learned what it means to invest in Dogecoin, watch it go to the moon, and then fall right back down to earth and be crushed along with it. I have learned what it means to save. I have learned what it means to invest. I, I want that to be the case in every part of my life. Where scripture informs me, this is how it's supposed to be. Now, one of the things that Paul says at the very beginning of this chapter is, he says, I came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I did not use lofty words or impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. Here's the thing. Um, the letter in, uh, in 1 Corinthians is the single most literary uh, letter he ever wrote. Which means, um, this book, while he's saying, when I was with you, I didn't use any double entendres. I didn't use any uh, rhetorical remarks with you. This book, or this chapter specifically, is filled with them. This entire letter is the most complicated letter that he wrote because of these different devices that he used. And so the way that uh, one of my study Bibles says it 
is 1 Corinthians is the most literary of Paul's letters with a variety of stylistic devices like irony, sarcasm, rhetorical questions, alliterations, antithesis, personification, framing devices, hyperbole, repetition, picturesque words, double meaning, and other word plays. Paul attempted to persuade his readers. He wanted to communicate to the Corinthians the necessity of accepting the Lord's authority in their lives. Okay? So this, all of these things that he used, which by the way, he was taught, he knew exactly how to use them and employ them in just the right moment so that he could really drive his point home. He chose to forego that at the beginning because they just needed to hear the word of God. But then once you heard the word of God, really once you gave your life to Christ, we all have a responsibility to submit our lives to Christ. Not just say, God, I welcome you into my life as my Lord and Savior. Please forgive me of my sin. That's a great place to start. In fact, that is the starting point. But then after that, there's a life that has to be submitted to Christ. Last week, we were talking about the hidden harvest. What gifts are you overlooking? What things has he put directly in your life that he wants to use to bring glory to himself and people into his kingdom? What people are you overlooking? What people are around you that he needs you to get to, really? I mean, think about this. There are people in every single one of our jobs that may not hear the gospel if we don't take it to them. Just how it is. I remember working for In-N-Out Burger for a while, and and when I would clock in, some of those people knew that on on Wednesday nights and on Sunday mornings, like, I I led worship at our church. And, And so they would talk to me and They'd say, hey, what's your church like? What's it like to be, you know, a Christian? And I I would get to cook fries and tell them what it was like, and then I'd go back to cooking fries. And eventually, over the course of years and years and years, I mean, we built up friendships and relationships, and we started seeing people come to small group with us. We started seeing people who were having these these large crises in their lives come to a, a, a small group on a Tuesday night at my parents' house. In fact, one night I remember uh, we called this dude G, but uh, G came to small group with us. And G one night while I was in and out, uh, he used to wear this huge parka. And he was, he was not a small boy. He was a very large guy. And uh, he had this massive parka. And I remember hanging up my uniform and I knocked his parka down. And drugs fell out of his parka. And I don't mean like, oh, that's cool, like a little pill. I mean drugs fell out of this dude's parka all over the floor. And the first thing I did was get the heck out of the break room, and I went to him. He was on the grill, and I was like, hey, gee, uh, your jacket fell, and your stuff's all over the floor. And he's like, oh, don't worry. I'll get it. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Your stuff's all over the floor. And I have never seen such a big man run so fast in my life. That was the kind of person that might not have heard the gospel had I not been there. I'm not saying that to build me up. I'm saying that we all have this opportunity to minister to people, to care for people to the point that they would come to receive Christ because of the way that we're witnessing to them at work. And I don't mean like browbeating them with the Bible. I mean literally living out the gospel message in front of them. What would it be like if we, if we all decided we're going to hear the Spirit speak in our lives and we're going to do what he asks us to do? 
So that's what Paul is talking about in Corinthians. He starts by saying, when I was with you, I didn't use these words, but now I'm writing you. Now you have the spirit. Now you are developed. You are a little more mature. And then he actually says in verse uh, six, when I am among mature believers, so he's kind of saying, you're no longer here, you're, you're here. Now that you are a little more mature, I can actually talk to you the way that I need to talk to you because... This is what the Holy Spirit has for us to say. So it's one thing for us to accept him as our Savior and receive salvation, but there is a next step for all of us to take to accept his authority in our lives. And I don't think that this is something that we like to hear. We like to think of six-pound, eight-ounce baby Jesus in the manger. We like to think... (laughs) Sorry, guys. We like to think of the risen Savior... That he came off the cross on Easter Sunday, he revealed himself as the Savior of the world and ascended into heaven, but then at that point, that's where we just stop picturing him. We've got to submit our lives to him. We have to submit to his authority. He has authority already. It's a matter of us coming under that authority. It's us coming into alignment with what he is doing. So a couple of weeks ago, I, I was in a prayer time, and the Holy Spirit spoke this word to me, uh, maturity. Maturity is what legacy needs. Maturity needs, I mean, maturity means to grow up. It doesn't mean to be no fun. Maturity is I'm going to take the next step, and I'm not going to be satisfied with the next step. I'm going to be active in taking the next step. Maturity is a journey that we will all be on for the rest of our lives, by the way. Hopefully. Some of us stop at high school. That is as far as we mature. Some of us stop at college. Some of us stop at the next major trauma in our lives. We, we never mature past a trauma. Some of us never mature past uh, where our parents went. That's never the goal for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is constantly drawing us to himself, saying, come closer, come closer. I've got more for you. And not just I want to give you things, but I want to do things through you. That's why the vision of our church is for every person to experience what God can do through you. That's the whole of the gospel really quick, that he has good things for you and he wants to do good through you. He has chosen to use us as his disciples to bring maturity to a world that is lacking it. I mean, come on, we all know somebody who needs to mature a little bit, right? If you're with your spouse, don't look to your left or to your right. Just keep your eyes on me for just a second. Um, I, I, I do know this. When we mature, we honor God. You know why I know that? Because when we mature as believers, it's not just us talking about um, what God has done in other people's lives. When you are mature, he's doing things in your life. So it's not relaying a third-party story, story. It is saying, this is what God has done in my life. So let me tell you a story of what God has done in my life. He has forgiven me of being a jerk to people. This week, I had to pray this week for forgiveness for being a jerk to somebody. And you know what? He speaks to me. When I spend time reading my Bible, when I spend time listening, when I spend time writing down what he says, 
I, I hear his voice, and it's not like it's audible, but it sounds a lot like my voice. It just says things that I wouldn't naturally say, okay? That's the only way I know how to describe the voice of God. It, it's, it's my voice. It's quiet. He generally doesn't yell. Occasionally, he'll give me a smack on the head, but other than that, it's, it's just him saying, I've called you to more, and I, I don't think I have the, the notebook that I wrote it down in, but... Um, I was saying, God, this was like two weeks ago, I was saying, God, I feel like I keep coming to you over the same stuff. Like, I just keep doing the same dumb things. And I feel like I've run out of grace. I've run out of chances. And you know what? He spoke back to me. He said, you're never out of chances, but I have called you to more. It's funny how the Holy Spirit will correct. He'll say, um, it's okay, but <laughs> do better. In fact, every time that Jesus healed someone or set someone free, he always followed up with this command, now go and sin no more. There was no shame in the moment when he healed you. Now you are healed, now go and sin no more. That's how I know maturity is what we need as a church. We've got to step up and say, man, we want to hear God's voice for ourselves. Now, when I say I want to hear God's for, yourself, for yourselves, hear me. I don't mean that all of a sudden you're going to go to immediately hearing all of these things in your head and you're going to follow every single one of them. Because I think one of the ways that the Holy Spirit trains us is he confirms that word in and through other people. So many times when I have a, a, an idea, I have a lot of crazy ideas. Some of you know this about me. I, I just... I love big ideas, but sometimes I've got to go to my staff and say, hey, I've got this crazy idea. What do you think of this? Like, I really feel like this is what God is speaking to me, but what do you guys feel? What's going on in your hearts? And, and I love this. I heard this the other day. Um, Jensen Franklin said, uh, does it make your baby jump? Uh, like referencing John the Baptist in the womb of, of his mother Elizabeth where, where Jesus comes or Mary comes with Jesus as she's pregnant and it says John the Baptist leapt in her. I think there's something special when you start talking about the things of the Spirit and, and, and your baby just jumps inside you. You just get excited about, man, that's, that's really fun. Yes, I'm, I'm all about that. That's, let's follow that. So now when you guys come to me and say, hey, I heard from God, I'm like, man, that is amazing. Let me hear it. How, how can we come alongside you? And sometimes you guys hear from God. And sometimes we miss it. I've missed it before. But I think what Paul is saying here is we are able to have the mind of Christ. I mean, he strictly says that in, in his text. He says, we are able to have the mind of God. So true maturity then is justifying your life to Scripture, not justifying Scripture to your life. If you are reading the Scripture and you are never convicted, I want to challenge you to reread what you just read. So many times, I mean, even in this one, one chapter, I was convicted thinking, man, I, I want to hear the voice of God so well that I know every single morning what he wants me to do. If he's saying, when I was with immature people, I, didn't, I just spoke Jesus, that's great. I want Jesus, plus I want his gifts, plus I want his wisdom, plus I want his knowledge. But then it says this, that the scriptures say, there are things that no heart has ever known, no eye has ever seen, and no ear has ever heard of. That's the things that God will do for his kids. In fact, I brought this, this translation today. This is the CSB. He said, uh, 
It is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and no human heart has conceived, God has prepared these things for those who love him. In case you don't know what that means, nobody has ever known what God wants to do through you. The problem with that is because we can't see it, most of us will never ask for it. Most of us will never chase after it. Most of us will be content with whatever we have right in front of us because that is what we currently see. That is the reality we are sitting in. And God is calling every single one of us to more. Regardless of where we are in our walk, he is calling us to more. You are never out of chances. I've just called you to more. So then we have an opportunity, we have an obligation and a responsibility to study and to grow and to mature. Did you know this, that Ephesians, another one of Paul's letters, 2.10 says that you are God's masterpiece. You were created in Christ Jesus with good things to do long ago. So he made things for you to do. He set out a list of things for you to do, divinely inspired things for each one of us, before the world began. I don't know how that works. I, I, I just don't. Yeah, I'm, uh, last night, my mother-in-law called me, and she was asking me something along these same lines that, like, he created things for us to do long ago, but we also have free will. Yes, we have free will. Yes, we also have a future that God has for us that he wants us to step into, and it requires a maturity. And so we are required then to walk in alignment with his authority, and if we will submit to his authority, guys, it'll change everything Verse 11, Paul uses an analogy. He, uh, he says this. Let me see here. For who knows a person's thought except his spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So remember when I told you that, that Paul was really good at using literary devices? Like the way he writes is, is really different. Well, this is called an analogy, and it means lesser to greater. So he's, he's pitting these two things. He says, you, don't, you, you know your own thoughts, your spirit knows your own thoughts, but no one else can know those thoughts. That's human understanding. He says, I didn't come to you in human wisdom. I didn't come to you in human understanding. In the same way, the Holy Spirit has thoughts. The mind of God has thoughts that the Spirit of God knows. Here's the kicker. That's lesser. This is greater, but he chose to make greater available to the lesser. He said, I'm going to give my spirit, the same spirit that knows my thoughts, I'm going to give that to you so that you will not stay here, you will progress. You will step into the fullness of what I've called you to do. And he did all this through writing with a pen and paper. Isn't that crazy? I know we don't do this much anymore. Every once in a while, I'll write a thank you note. Um, and then I will write in a private journal. But... I'll just be real with you. It looks like I have had a stroke when I write. It is not cute. You need an interpreter to read what I write. It's that bad. So when I do write something, it generally doesn't carry as much weight as when I speak. But Paul was a gifted writer. And so he's able then to use the way that he writes with his pen to say, I didn't used to use these with you because you were dumb. I mean, he's being nice here, but he's like... You didn't know anything. Now you know things. So now I can start really putting my weight into this. 
And then he says this, he has this callback in verse 9 to Isaiah chapter 64. For since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. Well, now wait a minute, Paul. If you were calling us back, that means we probably would have known this, had it memorized. It's not like every person in the, in the area had their own Bible at home. They would have just had to hide his word in their heart, like the scripture says. I've spent enough time at church. I've spent enough time with him to know that his word is in my heart. That way, when I go through something difficult, when I deal with a crazy situation, when I get cut off in traffic, I have something that wells up in me and starts speaking peace over my spirit. I have taken what I have read and I have applied it to my life. Well, it says that no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no human heart has has imagined what God will do for those who love him. But specifically, it says this in Isaiah. uh, No one has ever seen a God like you who works for those who wait him. So if you want to hear what no ear has heard, you want to see what no eye has seen, and you want to experience what no heart has experienced, then wait on God. And this is another thing that we don't like talking about. We don't like talking about booking time to not do anything but talk to God. But you know what? It's really funny. If I ask you when you hung out with your best friend or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your spouse, you could probably give me a 30-minute window somewhere in your day that you could set aside for them, just typically speaking. Are we setting aside that time to mature with Christ? Because there are a lot of times where you guys have come to to one of the staff members or, or to me even and said, I don't know what to do. What does God want me to do? I need to hear from God. Well, the easiest way to hear from God is to be very quiet and let him talk. I'm not bashing anybody, but I know that there are people in here who need to just book time to go be quiet. I say that lovingly. I have to do this. I had to start this sermon by doing this. Because I gotta write, I gotta write another one of these starting on Tuesday. I gotta hear from God again. I gotta make sure that I'm I'm bringing something to the table that's going to encourage you. But then not only do I need to do it for you, I I found myself recently saying, God, I need to hear stuff just for me. I don't I don't want to share everything that I hear from you. Will you speak to me? And you know what? If you will be quiet, He will. Occasionally, occasionally He will be quiet to see if you will wait on Him. I mean, he likes to know that his kids are faithful to him. So you want to know the mind of God? You want to know the will of God? Be quiet and pray. Say, God, will you speak to me? And then just book time to be quiet in his presence. And I don't mean on your phone. I don't mean listening to worship music. I mean, turn the music off and listen in silence. That's the best way to hear God's voice. And then when he says something to you, do yourself a favor and write it down. I see a couple of you guys brought journals. I think it's really important. To... You know why? I'm forgetful. You ever forget? I forget. That's what happens. I can't tell you how many times Brittany has said, hey, will you do this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. What did you say? <laughs> Simba, you'll learn. 28 days, my man. 28 days. Uh, if you will write things down, it will help remind you later, and it will encourage you looked back in notebooks that, that God said things 10, 12, 15 years ago, 
and it encourages me today because I know that that's a word that he spoke to my spirit. That's what Paul is saying. It is time to mature. It is time to grow up. It is time to hear the will of God. But if you want to know the will of God, you need to know the mind of God. If you want to know the will of God, get to know the mind of God. And you know how you do that? Read his word. His word will describe perfectly to you the way that he thinks about his kids, the way that he thinks about creation. In fact, if you look at Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, you see that he created the sun and the moon. And he threw some stars in there for good measure. And then he created earth. He's got land and water. And then he created the things that populate those things. So you'll see that day one corresponds with day four. That he made a, a separation between the firmaments. So he has land and sea, but then he has a sky that's available to us. So then he fills it with sun and moon. And then he made the land and the sea. And on day two or on day five, he, he makes animals and fish. And then all of a sudden you get to this moment where he makes man and he says, this is not just good, this is very good. So he's very pleased with all the work that he's done, but it is his crown jewel that he has put on this earth. And though his name was originally Adam, he takes the same joy and the same pride in every single one of you. If you want to know the will of God, know the mind of God. Know his thoughts for his kids. I'll take it a step further. You want to know the mind of God? You want to know the thoughts that go on in God's head? It says, this is what Paul tells us. He says, the only thing that will know the thoughts is the spirit. You want to know the mind of God? Know the spirit of God. And the spirit of God, by the way, has a name, Holy Spirit. And that is the spirit that he sent to be with us, to speak to us, to live with us. So you want to know the will of God? Get to know the mind of God. You want to know the mind of God? Get to know the spirit of God and let the spirit of God like well up inside of you. There are so many times recently where I have just felt an unspeakable joy. That's what scripture calls it. It is a joy that like, I know I should be frustrated with a hundred different things right now, but for some reason, I can't get myself to feel frustrated. Um, yesterday, every so often, there's just a weekend where people will start texting me, hey, I can't make it to church. Hey, I can't make it to church. Hey, I can't make it to church. And I understand, we all have lives. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not criticizing anybody. But this weekend specifically was a fairly heavy like text weekend for me. A lot of people text me, hey, I can't make it to, I can't make it to church. I can't make it to church. I can't make it to church. And you know what? Generally speaking, that bums me out. Because when I'm at church, I love being with you guys. I love setting up and hearing about your weeks. I love tearing down and hearing about your plans for this coming week. It's exciting to me. But for some reason, I could not get bummed out. I'm not saying I like spent a lot of time trying to get bummed out, okay? Um, but I just couldn't get bummed out because I know that I have studied this all week. And if I want to know the will of God, the will of God is always good for his kids. Just is. 
I want to know the mind of God. Well, the mind of God speaks to the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God lives in me. So I can have the mind, spirit, and will of God with me at all times. Isn't that crazy? That is what Paul is saying. It is time to mature. It is time to grow up. It is time to dive deeper. So how do you know the mind of God? You study his word and pray. I don't want to leave this just yet. I think it's important that we study the word for ourselves. If you don't have a study Bible, get a study Bible. It's very helpful. There's little notes and and commentaries on the pages right there for you. Super easy to read. But get a study Bible and read it for yourself. And then if there's a big scenario in your life, like I've got something big happening this week in my life. And I just, I need your prayer. I, I'm, I know I, I shared a little bit with our small group on Tuesday night that uh, I've got a meeting this next week that I, I need God's mind for. I, I need to know what he's doing. I need to know what he's doing before I go into the meeting so I know what to say in the meeting. And there are times in my life where I have needed to hear from God. And one of the best ways that I know how to hear from God, other than reading and then being quiet, is stop eating. It's called fasting. It's intentional leaving out of food so that you can hear the voice of God. Now, I used to, like Paul says, when, when we were younger, <laughs> when I was younger, I used to think that giving up food meant that God would hear me more. Like he would see my sacrifice and take pity on me, a humble fat man who just wants food. That's not it. When I fast and when I pray, when I give up food, it actually allows me to hear him better. It's the craziest thing. People will say all the time, I don't know how to hear the voice of God. I don't need to, I need to hear the voice of God. I'm like, well, have you tried not eating? <laughs> have you tried taking the time that you would normally stuff your face with and go pray? One of the best ways you can do it is just decide to fast and don't eat until you get a word. One of, my, one of my good friends, Bobby, he did this a couple years ago in front of me. I literally like talked to him, and he was like, hey, I'm going to fast. And I was like, cool. He said, would you pray with me? And I said, yes, I'll pray with you. He goes, cool. Um, I don't know how long I'm going to be fasting. Maybe two or three days. I said, okay, cool. He goes, but I'm going until I hear a word. So oh, that's awesome. And I've never seen somebody do this like in person before. He stopped eating, and day three came around, and he still hadn't heard the word. And so he continued day four, and day five, and day six, and seven, eight, 12, 15, 21. And on day 23, with no food, he and I went to the hospital together to pray over somebody. And we laid hands on the guy, and it was really a powerful moment where we got to pray with him right after a heart surgery. And, and we saw a very quick healing in this guy. That wasn't enough for Bobby. So he went more, 25 28, 32, 36, and finally on day 39, he heard the word. 39 days without food. And I respect him so much because that word took him across the country to plant a church where it's now thriving. I want to encourage you, pray, fast, study scripture, soak it in, and then sit in silence and let God speak to you. I'll tell you this, um, and I'll actually start closing with this. A word will carry you further 
than your will ever will. When, when you have a word from God, when you know that you know that you know that he's spoken something to you, it will carry you further than your will ever could. It will encourage you when it gets tough. It will humble you when you get too high. It will come alongside you and, and encourage you to keep going. I mean, it is just, it's crazy. I remember when God asked us to plant this church. I remember the call sitting in a classroom at Vanguard up against the wall, and I know that God called me to start a church. And then a couple weeks later, I talked with Brittany and said, hey, uh, we've got to do this. And she goes, yeah, I'm in that. I like that. Well, there have been some hard times in our lives over the last couple of years where it would have been a lot easier to just give up and go back to in and out In fact, a couple of weeks ago, one of my old managers asked me to come back. He was like, hey, can you, can you come back? I'd love to have you back. And I was like, no. I know what I'm doing, and I don't need all the acne from the oil. Thank you very much. (laughs) But you know what? It is in those moments where I can sit back and say, I know that I was called. And when you have a word from God, it will carry you further than your will will. Because my will would have said, I'll just stop here. I'm very comfortable here. I'll just go be somebody's number two. I'll go be a worship pastor here at this church, and I'll just stay there. But I don't believe that the favor of God would be where it is in my life, in Brittany's life, in our church's life, if that was the case. And so I'm going to refer back to last week's. What things has God spoken to your heart that you have overlooked that you need to go do? What gifts has he put in you? What people has he put you around that he needs you to minister to those things and those people? This is what Paul is saying to us. Uh, I love this. Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things. He then changes from how to get the mind of Christ. We understand these things, or we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We know what he wants. We know what he is asking of each one of us. And that's to take one step closer to him today and another step tomorrow and another step the next day. Continue to mature in Christ. I'd love it if you'd bow your heads with me for just a second. Um, One of the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in every single one of our lives is draw us closer, but there are some people who haven't even started a journey with him yet. He has good things in store for each one of us. He has the ability to to speak those things to us, but some of us just need to surrender to him and ask him into our lives so we can have that experience. And this morning, I want to give you that opportunity. Uh, We do this every week, but... Uh, We say a prayer together as a church family, and today's no different. We're going to be all saying it together so that the people who are saying it for the first time know that, man, we are in this together. So if you would, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive me of my sin and make me like you. Take away all of the things that stress me out and replace them with your peace. Grow me up, mature me to be like you. Amen.
Amen. Hey, if you just said that prayer for the first time, we want to welcome you to the kingdom of God. Would you raise your hand with us? We're going to be praying with you and for you. And if you said it online, would you do me a favor? Would you just put the little uh, raising hand emoji in the chat? We want to chat with you guys and, uh, and we'll be able to share a, a Bible with you. We want to make sure we help you take your next steps because we believe that there is a life after amen. And we want to help you. We want, to, we want to be a part of that faith journey with you. We want to get you a Bible and, and get you through essentials so that we can help understand, man, what has God put in your life? I want you guys to know something. We're going to be studying this, um, maybe not overtly, but maturity. I, I'm, I'm sensing that the Holy Spirit is calling all of us together as a church to Maturity take the next step, to go deeper, to give more. And I don't mean just financially. I do mean financially. Some of you need to start there. You guys want the mind and the will of Christ. You're, you're asking to hear from God, but you're not giving. So you're in direct disobedience to what he said to do. You want a breakthrough? Give. You want a breakthrough? Serve. You want a breakthrough? Get into a community. You want to hear great stories that will encourage your faith? Get into a small group. Join us on Tuesday nights. Join Pastor Phil and Barbara on Wednesday nights. Join Kellen on Thursday nights. We've got all kinds of different opportunities for you to be involved in community. But then know this. Every week when I write a message, every single week without fail, I see somebody's face in our church. I don't ever target that person, but I will tailor the message to that person. That way you don't feel like I'm attacking you, like the Holy Spirit is just like out for you. <laughs> That being said, I do believe that the Holy Spirit has very specific things that he wants to say to every one of us. And so I tell you every week, I love you and I'm praying for you. That's the truth. Let me pray over you real quick. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for giving Paul the, the ability to write this letter for us. Um, that we could read it now and be encouraged. We could hear your voice through this text. We can understand what you want from us based on what you've called uh, through scripture and through time. And so now, Father, I pray that you would seal this word in our hearts, that we would accept this as the word of the Lord and the authority that it carries has authority in and over our lives. Help us submit ourselves this week to your authority. Through this entire process, God, I pray that you would bring honor and glory to yourself. We're going to give you all of the praise and all of the honor ahead of time for what you're going to do in and through this time. We love you. And it's in your name we said, amen. Amen. Worship team, will you lead us in a closing song? Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Leave a comment and rate this podcast, but make sure to give us five stars. In the description, you can find the website, the socials, and all that good stuff. Special thanks to those who give generously. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to partner with us, you can click the link in the description below. Join us live on Sundays, either in person or on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.